What have you been up mm. to anyway? Dude, uh, I'm working as a teacher. Hey. I have been for the past uh, two years. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a primary school teacher now. Holy shit. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I live in uh, Thailand. I work in Bangkok. Um, and I, I just moved in with my girlfriend, actually, about a week ago, maybe 10 days. Oh, oh. shit. Yeah, well, I mean, she's been living with me unofficially for uh, almost a year now, but we, we, we made it official and we just moved into this awesome new pad. Uh, and uh, the, the Thai school is a bit weird. It, it, today is actually supposed to be my last day of school, but I chucked a sickie because I, <laughs> I, I, I did all my work. There's nothing else to do. Literally, I spent all of yesterday just sitting in my homeroom. Just playing a Nintendo Switch, just waiting for the yes. for this day to end. I was like, Fuck <laughs> it. I'm not going to work tonight. Uh, oh. But I got a new gig next year at a better school, more money. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's unreal. That's so yeah. good. Yeah, thanks, man. So I, uh, sounds like you're pretty settled over there, then. Yes, actually, uh, quite settled. It's it's quite good here. I do miss home. Like, mm. oh, guys, you have no idea how much you want to come home and see you guys and see family and, you know, just be back sort of um, on the familiar shores, I guess. Mm. Like, uh, give, give it some time. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. just COVID, COVID, man, fuck COVID, eh? It, it threw a wrench in everything, uh, I, it... especially, especially travel. Yeah. Um, it sounded like it was pretty yeah. pretty bad over there too for a little while. For a while it was. Uh, my girlfriend's actually a doctor. So she sure. um, she she was sort of on the front line, I guess, of, of the really hectic shit. Like when it mm. was at its peak, dude. Yeah. It was nuts. nuts. And um, the, I mean, the rules here are different. I'm so jealous that you guys can walk around with no mask. That's mm. awesome. Uh, we don't get to do that here. So Yeah, I, yeah Brisbane... Uh, Brisbane is definitely like up there when it comes to like capital cities who didn't take it seriously. Um, yeah. I, like I, like James and I still have to wear masks at work technically. Um, but like, okay. yeah, people are, mm. people like come in and they're like, oh, I forgot that this is the one place where I have to wear a mask. And I'm like, well, don't worry about it. Like you're literally walking through a corridor and that's it. Then you'll take it off when you sit down anyway. So. And therapy, yeah, like, it's just a, therapy really benefits from, you know, seeing people's faces, mm. especially yeah. um, some of my clients have a lot of trauma around having like, you know, being assaulted or raped and their mouth was covered by someone's hand. So the mask really re-triggers that. Ooh, yeah, yeah I can yeah. imagine. I can imagine. I did see uh, a little bit of research that says, um, like regarding the emotion that, when when we wear masks our like eye uh like the non-verbal stuff that we do around our eyes increases by a certain amount to kind of pick up the slack so people get more expressive with their eyebrows and stuff like that it's pretty cool that is cool and it's it's sort of nice i guess on the inverse you can hide a lot of your feelings as well like if you're really <laughs> if you're really pissed off you can sort of like grimace but like if you keep your eyes okay yeah really knows. i yawn all the time so it's nice to have a little barrier between me and the yawn oh, you just do that or just you know when people do that yawn like where they're trying to like keep their mouth closed and they yes. look like they're resetting <laughs> i do that so often i'm like why didn't i just yawn and just let it go yeah. i wanted to say uh thank you for having me guys honestly this 
is a real treat. I listen a lot. I, I'm not just blowing smoke. Like, <laughs> I listen. I listen to your stuff a lot. I oh, feel. James, I caught your um, ABC interview the other day. It was, it was good. Oh, thank you. Oh, I didn't even do that yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've been on um, ABC uh, twice now. Um, yeah, I heard the other one too. That's awesome. How yeah. You, or should we save this for air? Or like, how'd you get in on that? Uh, actually, yeah, let's save this for air. Um, which okay. yeah. I guess we might as well just start right now. <laughs> we'll work it out one day. was delightful bit of gorillas one of my favorite tracks off that album and one of my favorite albums from the gorillas too for those listening at home what song was that Dave? empire ants with gorillas and little dragon Mm. just a quick aside i remember listening to that album for the first time i i'm pretty sure i got a copy from the library at school <laughs> i forgot and, that was a thing you could yeah, do yeah 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 and like well even when i was doing it it was a bit like why are you even bothering um mate just go limewire download yeah, it. <laughs> yeah like everyone else but um i listened to that and i was like oh, i love demon days and then i listened to plastic beach and i was like this is garbage i hate it and like just kept coming back to a single track at a time yeah and absolutely love it now like there's there's not a bad song on that record it's just delightful but i also found um era vulgaris from queens of the stone age by going to the library yeah interesting weird do you think do you think there's something to that because i've had that with albums where i I hated it initially but then you sort of like each track at different points and then like eventually you sort of come together and you're like yeah i love this as a whole piece yeah, I, I think especially with that album yeah. because it is so different. Like every every track uh, is featuring someone else and it's a different energy. Um, so yeah, you can be like, oh, well, that song, you know, suits me now. And then, you know, you might, you know, start playing that and then you'll remember like bits of another one and you'll play that. But I, I feel like I did the exact same thing with the follow-up album to that, which was like Humans or something. Mm. And again, didn't like it. Uh, but I haven't given it the opportunity yet. I still haven't revisited it. So That's interesting. It's on the cards. I still remember when uh, we first sort of became friends, Dave, and I was listening to uh, individual Pink Floyd songs. Oh. And you were just like, James, you can't be doing that. That's, that's illegal. And you were the one that convinced me that like even the shit bits of the songs you got to listen to because it, <laughs> ma- it makes sense as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I always think mm. of that when uh, listening to Time by Pink Floyd <laughs> because there's these really loud clocks um, right at the sort of like what, maybe 30 second yeah, mark, it's, something it's, like it, that. It's like a, a bit of an atmosphere, a bit of ambience and then it's all these like hundreds of alarm clocks going off at once and then there's what you would say is know the typical start of the song yeah and like i remember you would like either turn it down or skip through it i'm like no no no, embrace it embrace it here it comes and it's kind of fun in that sense it's like a roller coaster like you're about to hit the dip you were doing acceptance and commitment therapy before we knew what that was you were saying (laughs) accept the feelings accept the discomfort (laughs) yeah because it all makes sense when you zoom out 
That's so true. That that fully makes sense why I followed that line of work. We should uh, probably explain a little bit. Today uh, on the, the old potty, on um, the potty, it's Dave and I in person here in Brisbane. And we have our foreign correspondent, Chris, <laughs> all the way from How Thailand. <laughs> How you going, guys? Uh, long time listener, first time, what is it, attendee? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thanks for having me, guys. That's all right. It's um, good. You're a uh, man, man in your chair today if you need anything to be researched. Yeah, Chris, Chris is our on the horn. Chris is our Jamie. We finally have a Jamie. We've made it. Yes. <laughs> See, I, I'm not a big uh, Rogan listener, so I didn't know who Jamie was. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> I, uh, I thought that when you're talking about Jamie, because we've got this ongoing meme in our little group chat where we're all, we're all named after gardeners from like Better Homes oh, and Gardeners. Oh, yeah. Ga- Better Homes and Gardens and Burke's Backyard and stuff and like that. Don't forget Backyard Blitz. And Backyard Blitz. So I thought you were referring cool. to like Jamie Jury. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> who's Jamie Jury in the chat? I think it's Chris. I think it is Chris. What a weird turn of events. Oh. I didn't choose that name for myself. Maybe that's what it looks like from from your perspective. I thought my name. I only thought it's the two of you, and maybe Isaac is. is yeah, Isaac's Isaac's definitely yeah. he. He might be um, who's the guy who's on the block now? Cam Cam Scott. I don't know what his name is. Mate, but, you're but asking questions I don't have block. answers for. Yeah. Holy shit! Because James is Don Burke. I'm um the classic. Who, who's the old fella on? Uh, Better Homes and Gardens. Oh, mate. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I always see Don Burke, but I never see myself. Yeah. It's uh, is it, it's Graham something. Oh, Graham Ross. Is it Graham Ross? Yeah. I'm getting... Uh, you, you're still uh, on my messenger. I've actually still got you as Graham Ross. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> who's, who's, who's that painter that um, is really calming? Bob Ross. Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. Bob yeah, Ross. okay, okay. Yeah, see, yeah. this is this is where the confusion comes in. Hmm. But um, it's good to have a bit of a foreign correspondent on our our podcast because I feel like we do get a very one-sided view because we're always talking about Australian, you know, stuff. And Chris, you've obviously, you know, lived in Brisbane for a long time and then in the last couple of years Mm. you've moved over to Thailand to live and work. Mm. Uh, I want to ask you, what are some like massive things that you've noticed in terms of like we talk about culture shock when we go traveling, but what are some things that you're just like... They could be massive things, small things, you know, medium things. Um, things that climb on rocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when I first moved here, I lived on an island for a month. Uh, it's an island called Koh Samui. And, and one of the like, first sort of few things that stood out to me was sort of the relaxed attitude of Thailand because I'd, I'd never been to Thailand. I'd never been to Asia. Didn't know anything. Uh, and what struck me was, for example, like uh, a, a big thing in this country is like power cables. Um, <laughs> there are. You, I, I should I should Google it for you. Can I send you pictures through through this one just you, to show you? Yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah. That uh, that is insane. one of my long term things that I love doing on the show is describing pictures. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be a thing. So um, send them through. Well. The thing is with the power cables is that there's no order to it. There's no, um, there's no sort of, uh, there's no precision to it. It's just cable upon cable. Oh, you're talking about and like I, power I, lines. Yeah, dude. They like dangle on the road. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jesus. 
Yeah, yeah. Like you can trip over them and stuff, <laughs> or like get tangled up in them if you're not too careful, dude. Dude, that's um, that's rough. It is, uh, but it's indicative of Thailand, bro. And like another thing I noticed on the island and even in the city, um, sort of just like basic infrastructure things are a bit. Like, why would you sort of do that? Like, on, on Samui and, and here, the pathway next to the road, they plant trees, like, in the center of the pathway. So it means, like, if you're walking next to a main road, you either need to be crammed up against, like, a fence or accidentally fall into traffic because there's this big fucking tree like, right <laughs> in the middle of your, of your way. And it's like, why would you do that? Uh, and it's just, yeah, it's sort of that was um roads like because i drive a lot with the scooter so like there's not a lot of attention to road uh, not a lot of respect for authority in that sense you know a lot of road accidents dude so um but it's also kind of freeing in a way because you can sort of you're not you're not tethered to the rules of the road like you can drive against traffic and nobody will make a big deal out of it or you can <laughs> drive on the on the path and nobody will really care that much you know so it, mm. it is a double-edged sword like if you are sort of more of a risk taker like i would assume i am uh <laughs> having known you for a very long time you are a yeah, risk taker but I, luckily i haven't had any big accidents though i have i have come off a few times uh i hit a taxi i think the last thing I <laughs> when i say hit a taxi Jeez. i mean like i bumped into it oh. he bumped into me technically See, I, that's um, one I thing I have heard is that it's a lot more like how we would navigate like a crowd of people walking around. It's just everyone kind of fits in where they can and makes it work. It's pretty much it. If you, my sort of philosophy is if you see an opening, just go for it, you know. Hmm. Lesson like to be learned in life. If you see an opening life. between cars, just do it, you know. Yeah. Like obviously think about it. Like is it is it too much of a risk? Yeah, maybe, then don't do it. But probably encourages yeah. more critical thought because i know in australia like that is taken away like if you're in traffic like there's very few decisions that you have to make that are critical to the point where i i at least know one person here i am again with the anecdotal evidence that um like so the roads that have the right turn green and red light mm, yeah mm. um some of them just have no light and if you're used to the red and green, you go, oh, I got a green light because there's no red light and you might just mindlessly turn into oncoming traffic. So I know one person who's done that. And yeah, it's that kind of taking away little bits of critical thought in driving all the time. And then all of a sudden, mm. yeah, you're, you're in a situation what? where you've done something like ridiculously silly. Well, it's funny you say that because I saw a meme the other day. It was like driving uh, is the most boring sport, but if you fuck up, you die. <laughs> and it's so it, it, it is astounding, like how much danger we put ourselves in, like all the time. Because you think like we put hmm. so much trust in paint on the road. Like I think about like I drive, hmm. I drive across the Story Bridge. <clears throat> like every day and it's six lanes of traffic there's no island in the middle it's just a strip of paint and we're like yeah. yep that's all i need yeah that little bit of paint determines our whole tr travel it's mm. brutal we're looking at the photo traffic lights too 
Yeah. We're looking at the photo now, Chris, of the um, absolute chaotic mess of wires that you've just sent through. Yeah, yeah. Their power lines, it's almost like if you could combine all of Brisbane's power lines into just like one little intersection. Mm. I love that they've even kept like the excess. Like I, I, I've seen that on um, construction jobs where they'll have like excess wire and they'll just roll it up into a ball and leave it there. Like, or not into a ball, sorry, into like a, a hula hoop just in case someone needs to make an adjustment. But they've done that on a public power pole. And there's like, I can see at least six. <laughs> but, but you know what I found out recently why they do it? I don't know if this is true, but I, I read that they do it because the, the poles that the cables are on are, are privately owned. So if you want to run power, oh. you need to talk to the company who owns the pole. So instead of like being organized and doing it all at once, they just sort of keep adding to it. But could you imagine like having to like being Energex or something and having to like fix that? Where would you even begin? Yeah, like imagine, you know. yeah, some some truck comes through one day and clears all of that. You'd be there for mm. weeks trying to figure out like what was live, what needs to be reconnected. Mm. Yeah, amazing. insanity, dude. That's that's something but, I uh, definitely take for granted is like the town planning stuff. Mm. It definitely gets you thinking about like civil engineering and like in, like city infrastructure. Mm. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, I love Thailand, but it, it certainly just showed me how lucky we are back home, you know, how, like, all, there's all this stuff that we sort of just take for granted. Um, yeah, and well, I'm not saying that you're ungrateful or anything, it's just more, it's just more cause to be thankful for what you got though. Cause you're like, damn, we, you guys live in a great country. Uh, well, I and, think and we like... do like Australia's great. Yeah, like I'm, I'm looking outside now and there's like a couple of power lines, but it just makes me realize how much I tune out to it. Mm. And the only reason I can tune out to it is because there's like three or four and it's, it's not constantly in my vision. Mm. But It's really interesting mm. the difference in that sort of, you know, real infrastructure. And as you said, Chris, it'd be absolutely a nightmare. And you'd, if you were an electrician, you know, over there, you'd want 200 grand a year just for, you know, looking at that. It's <laughs> chaotic. I don't think they go to trade school here too. I think they just sort of do it. Interesting. From what I've heard. Because yeah. I, I feel like you'd need a master's degree just to understand how to work on that without zapping yourself. I don't know, dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you think, like in, in Australia, there's still instances where like some dodgy electrical work like takes people's lives. I feel like that would be a far mm. more common occurrence. Or maybe it's not, maybe it's the same logic as the traffic is that you go in with way more hesitation because you know how dangerous it is. Yeah, but if you've got that hesitation, you don't let it end up like this in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely that laid-back attitude that you mentioned uh, before, Chris. Fly by the city of pants kind of thing. Yeah, yeah like but, oh, I mean, it's we'll figure it out later. Oh, how, mm. I, I wonder how much of that is momentum, though. Like, there's probably a, a whole new generation who is like, "Why on earth is this set up like this?" You know, th I'm just realizing this can probably be said about everything. Is that like we kind of slip into those routines and habits, like? from past generations what did you call it uh peer pressure from dead people yeah tradition is just peer pressure yeah. from dead people <laughs> so yeah it's so like it, it's hard for us to to change because like when we look we're looking at like 
hundreds of power lines crossing each other and we go, well, I don't know what to do with that. I don't have that master's degree to figure that out. I'll just add my little bit to it. That's kind of why we're in, guys, in this mess. What do you guys think about tradition? Like, do you value it much? Or, or are you sort of like, uh, whatever, tradition, we'll do our own thing this year or... <laughs> You know. I I've, I value the tradition that I'm blind to <laughs> in, in like that uh, like I think of like basic courtesy and respect stuff like I don't actively think oh that's great tradition but it's really obvious when it's like violated because I'll, I'll, I'll get annoyed or I'll think like that's so ridiculous why would you do that um, but then there's so many other traditions that particularly around holidays that I think are silly. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I don't know that anyone is particularly outwardly accepting of tradition. I think it's more of a, you don't know it and you go along with it kind of thing. Yeah, plus also mm -hmm. the point of tradition that actually benefits you. Yes. So one I'm, yes. one I'm thinking of is the Queen's birthday is a public holiday. <laughs> Like, Yay. do I know the queen? No. Do I want to celebrate her birthday? No. Yeah, yeah. Would I care about it if it didn't come along with a, you know, free day off work? No. Oof. Yeah, that's... that's but it's, it's usually not her birthday anyway, though, right? Yeah, yeah it's just, no, it's completely it's opposite. Just a placeholder. Yeah. That's a, that's no, a weird that one. Too. So, like, I, 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 I don't actively celebrate Australia Day, but... Am I, uh, like, is, is this on the same page if I take the day off for the Queen's birthday? Like, should I be going to work as a bit of a, like, I still want to be a decolonizer? <laughs> like, like, I mean, that could be a little bit of, like, a, a boycott the public holiday. But then also, you know, like, it's a public holiday. Mm, I can mm. I can do ways. There was that um, real big movement, um, especially this year, um, about on Australia Day, um, the people that are getting paid for that public holiday should be donating that money back to um, our First Nations people. Oh, oh, I, yeah, okay, okay. That's a. I don't know where I stand on that. Yeah, look, I, I, mm. I don't really like. It's a pretty. It's a big thing. Mm. It's a. You know, it feels like. It's layered. Yeah. There's a few layers in that one. It's a little bit too complex for my little tiny smooth brain <laughs> to understand. <laughs> Smooth brain, I love it. Um, but I can definitely <laughs> see the sort of the arguments for that. Mm. But I can also see other people having arguments that, you know, that's silly or, you know, what's yeah. the point? Well, yeah. Do you put the responsibility on the individual for a system level problem when like if the individual wasn't like, to put it crudely, held by the balls of the system... <laughs> Technical terms there. Held by the balls by the system, they probably wouldn't want to work that day. Mm. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the power lines in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Looking at it with that same kind of grimace of what? There's, um, there's one thing that uh, I want to sort of ask um you know, from your experience, Chris, uh, before going mm. into a little bit of a story that sort of sums up why I've, you know, come to this this meeting. And it's a bit of a tangent, but um, Australians have such a sort of, you know, there's a certain sort of drive where we just sort of 
generally, and I know I shouldn't do generalizations, <laughs> generally we kind of cop things on the chin and we just sort of like, life can be real shit sometimes, but we're just like, ah, it is what it is. It's not bad. It's a bit here you going. Yeah. But there's also this drive where there's like a little bit of a spark where these people, you know, they've got the confidence to, you know, to have a crack at things, even when, you know, everything's against them. Is there any sort of like, I guess, you know, cultural things that you've noticed since living in Thailand for the last, has it been two years? Two years, yeah. Yeah. What's some sort of like cultural things that you've noticed in terms of people, um, like their actions or, you know, just funny little sort of, you know, sort of in-group sort of jokes? Good question. Uh, do you mean Thai people specifically? Or because I, I do, I do uh, interact with other white people as well. Not so much Australians, though. I mm. think while I've been here, I've only met two people from back home. Mm. No one from Brisbane. Oh, actually, actually, uh, my, my current uh, a, a current friend of mine actually knows people who went to North Lakes. Small world. Whoa! <laughs> but uh, I know, degrees. I know. It's crazy. People from the great above us, actually. Wow. Um, a small world, right? Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, it, yeah, for Thai people, um, look, they're they're all really nice. But uh, Thai people really care about. Uh, image they're mm. very big on on how you present yourself mm. um but what's funny is that they love thongs you can wear thongs to almost any like any in any situation oh. you go to like government building yeah go to work maybe not to work <laughs> although yes at work you can though oh. yeah it's the thing about the thing about thailand is you're not really supposed to enter a room with shoes on so you sort of bring thongs to work so you can sort of like cruise between like the different rooms and not like sully the room. Oh, I love this. Um, yeah, that's actually pretty sweet. Okay. But um, yeah, they're big on they're big on um, presenting well, uh, and uh, but I don't know. There's a big corruption problem in this country, though, big one. Mm. Uh, and I think that comes from you know its long history and the fact that it's still got a monarchy and yeah. a lot of people don't like the current king. It's a it's a whole it's a whole complicated thing, but ostensibly, the current king right now is a, is a bit of a shit, and <laughs> um, and he, everybody likes his dad. Everybody loved uh, Rama nine; they thought he was great. But Rama ten, he, like like for example, when Corona was big, he didn't stay in Thailand. He like fucked off to Germany, uh, and like stayed there the whole time. That's a uh, that's... That's a pretty big you thing, know. like you know, yeah. leaving you know your your country while it's going through yeah. a terrible you know like worldwide pandemic. Like Germany also suffered from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was living it up in some mansion, and like there's rumors that he has like orgies all the time, and he's got like HIV. Like this guy lives, dude. <laughs> um, yes. And then and then he came back, and there was this interview. Uh, and the guy was like, do you have anything to say to the people of Thailand? Like, people are suffering. And he's like, oh, you know, this country's the, the country of compromise. And then he just, like, walked away. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, everyone so there else was, compromises. There was, there was a lot of big uh, civil unrest last year. Like, a lot of uh, uh, riots, dude. And like, mm. oh, Maybe not riots, but, like, protests. Like, people were shot with like, rubber bullets and stuff, you know. Oh, for it's, sure. It's... Uh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's a, it's just a different world. And I remember last year, uh, I was at my girlfriend's place, and she lives. Uh, the thing about the thing about Bangkok is that the roads are, again, with infrastructure, a lot of the roads are, are built straight lines, like down the city, just like long roads that sort of span one end of the city to the other. Mm. And so, at every intersection, there's like a little cop shop. They like sit there and they could like observe traffic and stuff. And we were we was chilling, and then we could see one from the balcony, and then suddenly it catches fire, you know, and like people are throwing, um, I guess, Molotov cocktails or whatever, trying to like light the shit on fire. Dude, it's nuts. That is it's, insane, it's crazy, bro. That is so yeah, wild. Yeah. And to hear you speak about it so casually too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there was a period where it was just happening for months. You don't really hear much about it right now. Um, so stuff like this but, uh, always humbles me. Like my little, you know, narrow perspective of life, so sheltered, and you know, it's 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 kind of it's a nice little reminder. Like everyone's you know busy fighting and arguing and carrying on, but we're we're arguing from our like tiny narrow perspective. Of course, we're going to argue. We're only seeing a fraction of what's actually out there, and we're all seeing mm. a different fraction of. Of what, yeah, what a tiny slice of the pie. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, did you guys watch that, that, I think the documentary on Netflix, The Social Dilemma, I think it was called. Mm, it's yeah. about um, how the algorithms like work and, and how social media sort of like warps our minds. Did you guys watch that one? Yeah, I, I remember watching that and I, I don't know how or why, but I knew most of the concepts that were um mm. in in the in the film and like i can't I, I watched it and i was like oh yeah you know that was kind of helpful but i feel like i knew most of that but chatting to other people they were like oh i had no idea it's like what do you mean you had no idea like you're getting you're getting fed content that you love like there's mm. got to be some some math some science behind that and they're like oh i just didn't even cross their mind they're in the business to make money and by making money they need us to stay on the you know the app or the site for longer so then they can deliver more ads and get paid more yeah yeah what i find funny dave to your point is um something that really struck me about it was they were saying that everyone like what everyone is seeing is tailored to their tastes so of course everyone's opinion would be different but you just Mm. assume that what everyone is seeing is the same thing that you're seeing that's so, like, so true, yeah. I, and it's one of the reasons why I was so angry. It's like, how can you not see it my way? It's oh, like I'm not even seeing the same stuff you're seeing. You know? That that is a great point. I, I always try and you know, at least critique myself or or call myself out for stuff that I you know just believe to be to be common knowledge. But it's quite funny. Like I've got I've got a few friends who I would say politically are almost the opposite yeah. opposite view of of what I have. Mm. But it's really good to have a conversation with them because like it's the same conversation. No matter what, it's the same conversation. It's, oh my God, can you believe this? Wow. As if you would do the opposite. Like no matter what it is, it has the same formula. But chatting to them, it's like the 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 people, the figureheads, the the events or actions or situations change. And they're usually the opposite of what i believe and it's so interesting mm. because they'll hit me with the why would you believe that that's so dumb like oh you know you're being fed propaganda and and i'm like it, it oh it's just it's wild it's kind of nice 
because you're like, okay, they're just humans too. They're getting affected by all this. But yeah, I'd, the hardest thing is like, like there's so many different ways you can look at any one thing. So no one's ever going to agree or disagree. And so I don't know. I feel like we're just destined to argue and argue and argue and nothing will ever get solved. Yeah. I can't remember if I, to- I was mm. talking to you um, off the podcast or on the podcast, Dave, about this, but there was a bit of an experiment where they they started a brand new um, account on social media and within three hours it went from brand new not knowing who you are and what to recommend you to recommending really like quite like racist um, yeah. and, you know, propaganda style <laughs> content because mm. they specifically set out to watch that sort of stuff or like it or interact with it. And it got to this point after three hours where it was just recommending the majority of this sort of content that was in line with that view. I, um, I have a funny situation with this. So I, I, I recommended a, um, a podcast to a client. Um, and it was something around, uh, it was, so it was Sam Harris talking to a psychiatrist around, you know, the, the different hemispheres in the brain and, and what kind of components are in what part of the brain. Just some like, I thought was like some quite helpful, like psychoeducation, just to get a bit of understanding of what's going on in your head. Um, he then said that he just had autoplay on. And so YouTube fed him the next Sam Harris podcast, which happened to be him talking about taking five grams of mushrooms with a blindfold on. <laughs> and that was, the, that was the part he remembered. He's like, I actually don't remember what you sent me, but I remember the five grams of mushrooms. That sounds wild. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> I was like, I found that interesting too, but like we're getting away from, you know, the point here. Mm. And, and yeah, it's hard. Like the... You know, YouTube is a is a great example. It'll see, oh, you know, this is getting heaps of views. Um, you've watched one video from that person. You seem to like it. I'll send you like the most intense version of that, mm. and it'll just keep going. Like it's, I think a good example mm. too is that young men will typically get fed videos that are like feminist gets pwned, and it's just like, it's so quick. Within yeah. like a couple of minutes, couple of hours. I liked when you know it was an algorithm that was much kinder, uh, <laughs> and I I don't want to be that person that's like back in my day when yeah. it was much simpler because it's I'm not trying to do that. Um, I remember you know you watching sort of videos late night and you're just watching like random stuff like some funny stuff, some gaming stuff, you know, whatever. And then you fall asleep and you wake up at three in the morning and, you know, a video on how soy milk is made on a like, you know, industrial scale. And it's, that's not, you know, positive. It's not negative. It's just that real neutral ground where it's like completely random and almost, you know. But you can see how that's so engaging because even you just describing that, I'm like, I want to know how that, how that works. I was actually watching how soy milk is made this morning. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it was in my mind. Oh. But I, I feel like, yeah, this is this has been happening just for quite a long time now. And, you know, we're, we're seeing the effects. I think a really good example is looking at, like, gaming. So, like, uh, Rockstar has recently been releasing, like, uh, remasters of their games and copping heaps of flack because they're, like, the difference is negligible. 
they're releasing the same game for like brand new game prices with little to no like reason for even buying it again but they do it because they know they'll sell they'll know it'll get money and i think about mobile games as well so my housemate was playing this like sniper game and like of course like it's not a triple a game there's no storyline there's no big name actors doing the voices it's just you point and shoot and it's so accessible and it probably makes them a heap of money so it makes sense for gaming developers or whatever to just make a quick little you know shoot em up game that's got no real content and unfortunately it means that like everything's heading in that direction so you get less and less of you know the real you know big ventures big creative endeavors on that note it's a little bit of a side tangent but i think it goes along nicely is you get that real sort of like um very interactive very sort of like engaging but very simple sort of game structure Mm. um i it must have been about three years ago now but i was on um the like app store for my phone and this game came up and it was it had screenshots of gta 5 (laughs) And I'm like, okay, how did that game's got to be like a hundred gig or something? It's mm. it's going to be massive. How is that going to run on a tiny little phone, you know, processor when it's meant mm. for consoles and PC? Mm. And all the screenshots, all GTA, and they're like, you know, this is the best, uh, you know, role playing like game on mobile. You know, interaction, action, adventure. Mm. And you're like, it's GTA. The name, <laughs> the name of the game was called Man Fighting in Middle of Town. <laughs> but you download it and it turns out that there was a bit of a loophole around that time that if you had like a premium account or something to upload games onto you know the app store or google play store or whatever you were able to upload screenshots that weren't from that game so you could make your it was meant for like you can make your own sort of you know little intros and teaser trailers and things like that Mm. but Obviously, people are going to use that and abuse it. Mm. And this person uploaded screenshots from GTA 5 on a console or PC. And you download the real game. And it's literally like the most awful game. Oh, it's no. um, a very basic like game engine. And you're just literally running around in like... A, it's 3D, but it pretty much feels 2D. Yeah. And then there's just random monsters that are just completely different from each other because you can tell that they've got them from like a stock, you know, oh, animation yeah. gallery. <laughs> yeah. And then they just, you fight them and then they die and then another one comes and another one comes and that's the game. <sighs> but the person's done this because people see the GTA screenshots like I did mm. and we're like, oh, wow, okay, GTA on like phone. All right, I'll give this a crack. Mm. And then you download it, you realize it's garbage, but there were so many ads playing in that first five minutes Oh, so they're yeah. making a lot of money and they know people are going to get sick of this game because it's garbage, it's not finished. Mm. But they know that if they put the GTA screenshots and they make it really enticing just to download and get through that mm. first five minutes, if they get, you know, 10,000 people, that's 10,000 people worth of ad revenue that they're going to get. Yeah, yeah. It's like mm. a, a quick little, yeah, we'll just make some quick money Sneaky. and see yeah. what happens. And then when that game eventually gets taken down for, you know, faking screenshots and things like that, <laughs> they just make another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it took them two seconds. Man man fighting in country town. Yes. Not just regular town. Man sitting in room, <laughs> meditating. I, I do remember, like, when I was a lot younger, 
I had that kind of naive desire for things like that to be real. Mm. I don't know if you remember this or if it's like, I don't know, it was something that I just experienced, but there was like this kind of, like you'd have something like that pop up and there'd be a fraction of you that knows that it's fake, but you just go along with it anyway. You're yeah. like, yeah, but what if it is? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hard to explain. I can't. I actually can't think of any other examples right now. But I'm, I'm thinking of an example where you're, uh, you know, back in the days of LimeWire, you're downloading uh, Linkin Park, <laughs> and you're like, "Why is this Linkin Park song in the form of a MP4? Uh, why, why is it in the in the form of an EXE? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like God, um, LimeWire. The biggest one was uh, ACDC. Um, Born to be wild, <laughs> and it's like that's not that's not by ACDC. I remember a callback to that was when our grade twelve music teacher was like, "I'm pretty sure ACDC sings Born to Be Wild," and we're like, "No, no, no! You've just spent too much time on LimeWire." <laughs> it was a little better than that. It was that um, she said, "For a treat, we're going to watch. Um, uh, we're going to play a bit of ACDC," oh. and we're, we're all sitting there about to like you know hear Back in Black and and like. Me, Dave, uh, our mates Isaac, Kai, Riley, we're, we're all big like sort of, you know, classic rock sort of fans. Yeah, we were huge into the rock. And then, yeah, Born to be Wild comes on and we're just sitting there looking at each other like, is this a joke? Yeah. Is this April 1st? <laughs> oh, she was so adamant too. Oh. Have um, you guys been keeping up with um, current tech though? Like, talk about video games, guys, virtual reality and... Uh, AR, augmented reality. That's, I think, the next sort of big push. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, for... Especially video games. Yeah, I, I'm excited for AR. Actually, you, 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 you triggered a memory that I haven't brought up in quite a while. I remember, this is probably 10 years ago now, working on the job site and we were doing like, uh, like corporate style fit outs, just office fit outs. And um, I was chatting with one of the foremen and he was like, yeah, yeah, you know, give it, give it a, a set amount of time. And what you'll find is that like this no longer will need to be a qualified job. You'll have augmented reality where, you know, you'll have your VR headset <gasps> where you can see the job site, but you can like, you essentially have a plan that lays over the job site and you literally just need to paint by numbers. There's a little like, you know, green line there. That's where you put your timber, you know, and it's wow. just make it fit. That's awesome. Could be cool. I, I mean, don't know is, that awesome. is that awesome? I don't know. Does that sort of take away from the skill of your job though? Like, I, yeah, I think less. It definitely does. And like what you'll find is that because there's too many people trying to contribute, like there will be issues that like only like a chippy could fix. Like there'll be things that, oh, it happens all the time. Like you read a plan and you're like, I know that doesn't work because that's drawn up by someone in a drawing office that actually has never picked up a nail gun in their life. So there'll be like heaps mm. of that. But yeah, it's a little bit, you know, frustrating. It'll, it'll probably, you know, drive a bigger gap, like a bigger wealth gap. You'll have, you know, more and more unskilled or lower paid labor, like getting pushed further that direction. And then you'll have like, you know, your your site managers and the people developing the software just cashing in, just saying, oh yeah, this is easy and it's efficient and 
give me money instead of someone else. I see the benefit of that though in terms of uh, something we were talking about before in terms of that like human error. Mm. If someone's got AR and they're literally seeing you know the plans as they're building it it reduces that chance of human error by so much yeah yeah i i I also see it kind of shifting accountability so it's like more of a reason to kind of blame the the subcontractor and and pin them pin them down for more stuff it's a little i don't know i'm a bit negative in that sense (laughs) Would, would you even bother with the pretense of a, of a physical person doing it though? Like, wouldn't you reach a point where you could get a robot Ooh. instead of a, a carpenter? Well, that brings up a, a good point. I saw a um, video um, about maybe two, three weeks ago and it was, you know how you hear of uh, American sort of military and they're flying a drone that's, you know, hovering mm. over uh, Iraq or Afghanistan but the pilot is still within mainland US mm-hmm. and they're piloting it remotely. Yeah. Well, like a video game. Yeah. There's now the um, sort of option and opportunity for that where they'll have a piece of like farm equipment or like a digger or excavator, you know, mm. um, bobcat, something like that. And they'll have it out in the field, but the operator will be somewhere else completely. They'll be in a different state or country. They do it in mining as well. Mm. which like especially if you're doing like underground dangerous excavation it makes sense it now makes me think i've um i think i've talked about this previously where uh every month playstation does like a couple of free games to download Mm. and probably about six months ago was farm simulator 2019 (laughs) yeah and it was a game that i always just thought was absolutely ridiculous i'm like why would anyone want to just pretend to be on a farm why don't you just go and work on a farm? Yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah, attitude. Yeah. Anyway, I downloaded it, just taking the piss a bit. And then I started playing it. I was like, oh, this is actually really relaxing. <laughs> and I'm now having the thought of, imagine if all like the time of me just like cruising around in my little tractor, pulling the, you know, the seed sower and then, you know, the harvester and stuff like that. Hmm. Imagine if I'm just doing work remotely on someone's farm. Ooh. And, Ooh. and right now while I'm not playing, there's some farmer like, oh, where is he? He's running late. <laughs> oh, that actually, you know, that kind of plays in with like simulation theory. Mm. Imagine we are a simulation, but we're designed to play video games that are actually doing work. Yeah. And like I think about like maybe COD, maybe we're fighting wars. For, for some alien race that we have actually no idea. I want to know what the purpose of Pac-Man was. Mm. What kind of task are we doing in Pac-Man or um, Pong? How could they benefit oh. from us playing Pong? Unless that was just to introduce us to the idea of video games. And it wasn't like, instead of just going like from no video games Ooh. straight to like COD. Yeah. It's because, a training exercise. Well, if that happened, it, we would have definitely thought it was witchcraft. Yeah. Imagine if you, like there was no Pac-Man and you just went straight into GTA. <laughs> You'd be like, how did you do this? this yeah. is... Where did these people come from? Yeah, I need, Who I, are they? <laughs> I need an origin story here. I need Pac-Man before I can do anything else. I think about that a lot. Like if you had a phone and you went back to like the medieval times, how would you explain like what an iPhone is? <laughs> yeah. Or what the internet is, you know? It's like, I've got this piece of metal that has all of the information that's ever existed. But Plus I can't... it's got a light. But I can't... Ac- what, yeah. I can't access yeah. it back then. When it runs out of battery, I, I can't yeah. access it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like 
there's there's so much that we don't know how it works and you know yeah you'd have people pressing you like how how does that work how does it light up you'd be like i don't know Mm, and so they just think you're insane and they're like what's a what's a light bulb and you're like uh i don't know oh so you don't even know how to make a light bulb or like how much further back do we go does it run on fire no it runs on electricity what's electricity uh, it's sort yeah. of like electrical fire. It's like buzz buzz. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like lightning. Yeah. Tiny lightning. And they're like, okay, buddy, we're, we're either going to kill you or you're getting locked up. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely, you know, it, it's kind of like a, a modern, um, uh, what's it called? Not a pa- paradox. It's like a paradox. Like how would you explain this thing to people who, uh, you know, 200 steps behind this thing even being sort of mm. a feasible idea. How do you describe what electricity is, let alone how the phone converts it into, you know, uh, processing and light? Yeah, it's it's so ridiculous. I, I think of a meme that, that put it really well, which was um, uh, humans are so lazy that we tricked rocks into thinking for us. That's essentially like think about what's in that phone. It's just rocks. If you really reduce it down, yeah, it'd be just different kinds of rocks. It'd be like quartz and metals and copper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I know they're all metals. It's kind of a rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're not wrong. Well, Davey, technically everything is chemical. So. Yeah, exactly. Is this yeah. like that thing where, um, you know, is it cake? <laughs> Technically, everything is rocks. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, pretty much. Well, like you follow it back and everything's atoms. It's all the same stuff. It's so ridiculous that it does all these different things. Which like, that makes me really happy to say that. Like that really makes me smile to think like somewhere someone's watching this going... Oh, that's so strange. It's made out of the same thing. And look at all the different versions of it. Wowee. <laughs> In that exact tonality. In that Wowee. Tonality, that real naive. On to the next like... thing. <laughs> oh. There was... um. That... Oh, no, you go, Chris. Oh, no. no you, you got me. Well. I was going to change the topic. So... Well, oh, not... I was just going to say that um, it humbles me a lot to think about how... Because I've been... I've been been doing some mushrooms here and there lately and um i've been having some crazy thoughts yes. you guys are nodding your head yeah yeah uh, <laughs> hey don't incriminate us <laughs> hey, we, we weren't nodding we, we, we do not condone illegal activity <laughs> i do so that's okay but uh no no I don't, it's all right um but just the, the idea that everything we will ever need we have with us you know like in terms of um stuff like all we it's just rearranged into different things like that just sort of blows me away is that we can't i know it's like the most basic scientific principle but you can't create or destroy anything you sort of just rearrange it Mm. um yeah it goes into that uh physics law of matters never destroyed it's only transferred mm. no sorry energy is no only uh, never destroyed only transfer. Can I, can, I, can I float you an idea I've had about, I don't know, you, you guys are, are psychs, so I don't know if maybe you have your opinion on this. Um, like the idea of a soul, like what is a soul exactly? And I was trying Ooh. to think, it's a, it's a form of energy, right? Because 
we're all ostensibly the same. We're made in the same components. Yes, they're variations, but we all have eyes, ears, brain. Our brains all sort of function the same way. So what really makes us different is the electrical signals in our brain, right? Like how our, how our bodies function. But what exactly is that initial spark? Like what is that? Uh, for me, it's it's the energy. And this sounds a bit a bit hippie-ish, but I mean, <laughs> for me, it's it, it's think about when your parents have sex, right? <laughs> no, but I'm serious. They're creating a, a force, an energy. The thrust um, in sex is is a, is a force that continues, right? Sperm is shot. This oh, energy, this movement, this butterfly this, this effect, continuing, right? Well, yeah. The sperm travels, it hits something which creates a reaction which enables you to be born. Suddenly your neurons are firing, you know, and you're a person. But that is what you are, right? You are that manifestation of movement from the previous generation. That comes from, of course, a person eating food, living their life, getting energy from stuff. Mm. I don't know. Like, I don't really know what I'm saying here. But I, I, I think... The soul is that culmination of, of passing energy. In a, I know that sounds very new age. No, 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 no. But, I, um, I could definitely go on a couple-hour rant here, you know, to, to James's uh, discontent. Why am I discontent? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm worried that, uh, I don't know, very self-conscious of my opinions. I don't know what I shouldn't be. We were talking a couple... Uh, podcasts ago about you, how you're sick of having opinions. Yeah, yeah, and yet they <laughs> still keep coming up. Funny that. I just need to drop the struggle, let it happen. Radical acceptance. Um, yeah, I, I I was thinking about this quite a bit recently because um, it, it very much depends on your perspective. Like, the way you describe, you know, all of those events leading to a person or leading to right now, like, it's mm. yeah it's definitely part of the same chain and i guess you can continue to break that chain down into all of its individual links and depending on your perspective if you stand back and you know admire the chain you go oh, wow what a you know what a long chain you know it stretches for kilometers look at all these interesting things you can see how it went from here to there to to that um but mm. if you get really close and you look at one individual link on that chain, well, you can see how it separates itself from the next millisecond of the, of the chain as well. Like there's so much difference in the links, but yet they're all somehow connected. So the idea of the mm. soul is, I guess, kind of trying to, to see the chain, to see how it all links together. But if you were to look at every individual millisecond, there's some something fractionally different. I've said fraction about eight times this podcast. There's something fractionally different in each link that you could separate it from the other links and you could argue that it's a completely different thing. So I think my mm. take is that the soul is actually a matter of perspective and it's not an actual thing, but it's like, I guess, kind of a category or a label that we give to to what we see as the whole chain. Do you mean as people in moments in time, like you're different now than you were yesterday kind of thing? Yeah. Or, well, I, I would say that yeah. I'm, I'm different to what I was a minute ago as well. 
but only mm. on, on a minuscule level. Like some of my atoms might have died off or whatever. And, and like, well, I've had a, a few extra moments of speaking. So my voice is a fraction tired. Like if you really dig down into it, you could argue that it's a completely different person despite the similarities. But like that's mm. not entirely true. That's just one perspective as well. Hot takes. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that sound came through, but the cops, they're after us. I figured it out. Oh, I'm getting looked up. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to feel about all this. I, I don't think I fully understood that whole thing. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. It was a little bit above my pay grade. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. That's fair. I, I've, I've been thinking about it too much and actually I had a, um, a colleague call me out on it and to which I am eternally grateful because I was getting way too far down the rabbit hole and they said to me, they're like, the mental gymnastics that you would have to do to say that that is 100% true. This was on something related but not quite the same. They're like, the mental gymnastics you would have to do I think is a little bit unreasonable. And I was like, oh, shit, okay, fair call. Because what has happened in the past is that people go, well, it sounds like you've done a lot of thinking, but it sounds like you need to do a lot more thinking, so I'll leave you to it. Whereas he was just like, no, you're getting way too far with that. Chill out. I was actually really grateful for that. That's a nice way of kind of shutting you down a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, th this is why I was hesitant to bring up my opinion before because I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's just like, eh, it's a bit far-fetched or, yeah. But it is so esoteric. Like, I think any theory is a bit sort of hokey and far-fetched, you know? Hmm. Like, hmm. I, I don't know if we're supposed to know. Ooh. Uh, how, can, how can we, right? How can we? I think we just do our best. Like, James, it's okay if you don't have an opinion. Like, you're just not really sure. Um, yeah, it often, uh, I guess this te yeah. tees back to one of the previous episodes about, you know, it feels like we have to have a, an opinion on so many different things. Mm. We have to have an opinion on mm. politics. We have to have an opinion on a movie that we get recommended. We have to have an opinion on everything because the world's looking to our opinions. Yes. So it's kind of nice just to be validated that actually I don't have to have an opinion on this. I can just be mm. like, I'm just going to observe it. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to sit with the discomfort. Very true. It's, yeah, I don't know. Has that, has that always been the case? I feel like it's definitely ramped up, that needing for opinion. I think social media is based around people's opinions. They want, you know, you want to see how your friends feel. If, so, if like, you want to see the sort of extremes of it. You want to know when people are doing uh, really well and you want to know when they're not doing really well. So then you can obviously reach out. No one ever goes on social, well, probably people do, but it doesn't get a lot of engagement in terms of if I go on and say, oh, had peanut butter on toast this morning. <laughs> no one, maybe one person would like that and just think it was like me taking, taking the piss. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's such a normal thing. But if I come in and say, controversial opinion, peanut butter is overrated. Oh, yes. I'll get five people being like, get out of here. Oh, my God, that's so true. Oh, my God, jam is where it's at. And, oh, I love peanut butter. What's wrong with you? So it's kind of where, you know, 
rewarded or celebrated for having opinions because then we feel connected to other people that have those same opinions. Mm, mm. It's yeah. I can't remember if I went on that rant one podcast. Can't I remember. Didn't. Is it is it our resp- I've been thinking about this. Is it your responsibility to seek out contrary opinions to sort of test your metal? Like to you know, instead of staying in a bubble all the time. Because I, I I'm afraid because you know, obviously I'm the protagonist of my own life. And I like to think that what I what I believe is correct. But sometimes I worry that like maybe I'm on the wrong side of it, you know. But Ooh. I'm also kind of worried to like dip my toe into the contrary because I feel like oh but, but this is my identity and if I challenge that then who am I but like Ooh. are we are we obligated to do that do you think I wouldn't say like, obligated. obligated I would say yeah. like I think it's a very healthy thing to mm. uh, look for different perspectives and challenge our own beliefs because if you think like it goes back to the we don't have to be on either side of the scale where we completely believe in one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. We can live in this, you know, middle area, this gray area of actually I can see how I've come to believe this, but I also accept that, you know, unless there's actual physical evidence, I may be, you know, wrong. Mm. It's definitely yeah. a, a human inclination to, to seek out the information that proves that you're right. So mm. you're 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 a step ahead of that if you're you know seeking contrary opinions. Yeah, I think it's a healthy sort of behavior to expand uh, our opinions and our knowledge on things mm. to have a healthy debate rather than constantly be in a oh I'm this or I'm that. Yeah. You think of politics. Politics is a huge um, sort of I guess example of that. They thrive on it. Yeah. I um, had this idea that. Um, it would be really great if during, uh, you know, state or federal elections or, you know, whatever sort of point where the community comes together and they vote, that you don't see who the actual political party is and mm. you don't see the person's name, gender or anything. You just see here's what they would like to bring in. Here's what mm. they, you know, don't agree with that is current law or, you know, currently going through the process of becoming a law. And then that way, if you're a you know normal Labor supporter or a normal Liberal supporter, you don't see any of that. So you can just go like, actually, yeah, I oh. I like this person's um, ideas about this. Mm. And it's never going to be a perfect like, oh, yeah, I agree with everything this person says. There's always going to be a bit of a balance. Mm. But I think it'd make, you know, uh, a lot more fairer of a judgment. And people would feel more represented because they're like, oh, yeah, I voted for this person because I saw that they have similar values to what I do. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I think what tends to happen is that you know people care less and less about that, and they've got all these preconceived ideas. Like, oh well, I'll just vote for this party because you know I, I know what's going to happen behind closed doors, or mm. there's there's like a, a certain predictability. Like, yeah, they just go with that. There's also I noticed during our last, I think it was the state election. Um, I, I really tried to expand my own knowledge um, about who was running, what they stood for, whether they're you know a major party candidate, some uh, candidate, someone that's been you know in office for X amount of time, or if they're a brand new person on the scene and they're an independent. Mm-hmm. And you definitely see that um, some of those candidates really take a like, okay, well this is a big issue for a lot of people, 
And if I say yes to this or no to this, then I'll get a lot of votes and then I can get what I really mm. want in. Yes. So you see someone that wants to bring in like um, essentially laws to protect gun ownership and yeah. reduce all restrictions around owning guns, the type of guns, how many, you know, permits, um, licenses and all that jazz. And then you go through the rest of their policies and it's really, there was quite some racist things in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, quite uh, against having any refugees from other countries, um, you know, not providing any sort of substantial amount of increase to healthcare. And, yeah. and uh, like a lot of those parties have names that are like misleading too. Like it'll be like the Animal Welfare Party <laughs> and they're like actually just going for like gun gun laws and stuff. Like, yeah, you can see that element of I'm just trying to oppose these people so i can get some of the like votes from the people who don't like that other thing yeah there was um uh recently in the last couple of years a party that was campaigning for um no mandatory vaccinations and um uh i, I think they might have been against abortion as well mm. there was a few like mm. really quite controversial issues that they were really putting as their main priority but then their political party name was something like the Responsible Medical Australia or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember exactly. I, do, I remember that. I do remember that. I mean, I guess they think they're being responsible. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it goes down to that's an opinion rather than like that's actual, you know, that's not in line with the evidence. That's my opinion. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> Oh. You should call that. That's your party name. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> I always, um, I always think about you know these sort of things around, especially around election time when you're getting a lot of junk mail in your letterbox about you know <laughs> we can't trust the current government. They've done this and this, and they use all the fonts that have like big slashes through them, oh. and it's always in like you know bright red to sort of symbolize fear or danger. Mm. Um, and it, it just seems like. We're, we're not, you know, immune to manipulation. We're all just, you know, we have our own lives to, you know, worry about. We can't discern every little bit of information that comes across our path. Yeah. But yeah. the more that we do try and, I guess, discover a little bit and, you know, expand our view, it does help. But, yeah, it's totally... It's like you, you can try your best to expand your view, but if you're starting from somewhere you're going to get that bias mm. so if I, if you know if i want to go look at the liberal party and i've been a labor labor party supporter the information that i find like initially is going to just be reinforcing my opinion to stay with labor yeah but then you know you you chat with someone who's liberal and has been for quite a long time and they're entrenched in it like they're going to give you you know, your same perspective just on the other side of it, that same kind of really entrenched view. I find politics to be quite a ridiculous thing because you think about, okay, this this person or this party is trying to represent a massive number of different people within that electorate or community. Mm. Um, mm. And I always go back to the time that I did uni politics um, for a little bit and I was uh, like voting counsellor on one of the parties 
And I still remember all the personalities within, you know, the parties. There was the sort of young liberals, the young Labour, the sort of more sort of socialist um, people of the line with like the Greens. And a lot of these people were in uni politics so they could sort of get a foot in the door for, you know, real politics, the big game, the big league. Um, but I always remember this one meeting. We came together and we were voting on policies about, you know, some something. And I was actually like, okay, well... I don't, you know, I'm not really against that, but the people that were in my party were very against it and they uh, weren't getting their way. So uh, about two or three of them left from the party that I was in. They left the meeting altogether, mm. which then meant that the um, the whole meeting wasn't in quorum. Oh. So it wasn't able oh. to go ahead because there weren't a um, enough councillors from all parties to be represented. To vote on items so they they left they just nicked off because they didn't agree and they weren't getting their way and of course you know they're all people that live six minutes from campus so it doesn't matter if they leave or not <laughs> and i'm there and i just said to them like straight up i'm i'm staying we're doing this vote i'm not walking out like a child mm. i've driven an hour from where i live to be here tonight mm. i'm not just going to walk off you know 10 minutes into this meeting because mm. you guys don't agree with you know this that's that's where democracy happens. Mm. We're not going to agree with everything. And the people on the other side aren't going to agree with everything either. Yeah, yeah. You don't just pack your toys up and take them with you. You've got to be a you know fair sport about it. Got to vote. Yeah. We've gotten very political I mean, today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know where that even came from. Well, we're talking about very know. existential stuff and then straight into the politics, which I guess is just a, you know, manifestation of existentialism yeah where's the where's the polite chit chat where's the oh, I, don't, I don't know if i'm an, i'm allowed to name it but um you would have seen the billboard where it's like uh, it's advertising a website and and the tagline is news without the boring bits yeah which basically means no news it's just a gossip website yeah and they'll talk about like maths and yeah all that kind of garbage it's um it's all those little uh sort of reality magazines that you see at the like checkout at um at supermarkets and they're like kylie what has she done this week and it's like i, d I don't care i'm just trying to get through my own week oh it's such, like woman's weekly and take five that was the clickbait before clickbait yeah totally that was amazing. they were very good at writing it too i mean they sold a lot of copies yeah it's ridiculous though. people like, were so, invested so trashy um look We've been we've been chatting for quite a while, and I, I'm thinking it's about lunchtime. Um, yeah, time to get a feed. But I want to leave you guys with a little story that I heard the other day that I, I alluded to very early on in today's show, but I never got around because we were talking <laughs> about way more important Ooh, and sorry. interesting topics. Um, but I was talking to a friend the other day, and um, he was talking about the many personalities that you meet. He goes around to a lot of different work sites as part of his job. Um, so he'll meet a range of just different, you know, Aussie characters. And it's always interesting to hear because, you know, sometimes you, you think, oh, yeah, you know, that person really suits this job. They're just like so into it. They suit that sort of stereotype that we have about it. Um, yeah. And he's met so many different people. And he was talking about um, a couple of different sites. And one in particular really stood out. He was talking about he was working um, or had to go down and meet some people at like the sort of freighting part 
Um, so like in the transportation in- industry, he was dealing with like moving some goods around the country. That sounds real <laughs> sus. And I, 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 it's a legitimate business, or at least so he tells me. Um, but he was talking about this guy that, and as they were just loading stuff on and they were waiting for some stuff to be done, he was having a chat. And this guy was just like, man, you know, I, I didn't think I'd be working here. And I had this like million dollar idea. And my mate's like, oh, yeah, like what was your million dollar idea? He was like, oh, you, you, like, you got to keep it under wraps though. Um, you know, I'll do, I'll do it. And now I'm thinking, oh, maybe should I, I shouldn't. I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I don't know this guy. He doesn't know me. I get the impression that it's not actually a million dollar idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his million dollar idea was... You know, uh, you know, dog houses. Mm. Uh, you, you know, if your dog's not an inside <laughs> yeah. dog, a kennel. Yeah, a little kennel. Um, million dollar idea: air-conditioned dog houses. <laughs> I don't know. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I mean, I, there's plenty of other solutions that I would go to first, but uh, there's a lot of cheaper solutions, like <laughs> you know, air-conditioned regular houses. Yeah. And just let your dog stay inside. But then uh, he, I can't remember if it was the same bloke or another guy, but he was, uh, my mate's a bit of a, he likes saving money and he likes sharing tips about that. Like, you know, oh, if you're trying to rent a car, you know, use this website because it compares them or whatever. Oh. Or if you're, um, you know, mm. flying a lot, you should get this credit card because they give you a certain amount of cash back on flights per year. Mm. So th- th- they're pretty handy tips, to be honest, for yeah. people that, you know, yeah. need to do those things on a regular basis and it could save them some dosh. But yeah. he was talking some money tips with... um with a bloke and the bloke was just like mate boy do i have a tip for you <laughs> and he was like you know that uh you know soda stream where you you make your own soft drink <laughs> yeah you, you can just use cordial you don't have to use their oh, their syrups oh my god <laughs> i mean he's not wrong he's, that's the thing <laughs> he's good i don't know that might void your warranty <laughs> might break the machine i mean it it's not wrong at all you totally can use whatever flavor of cordial you want but this guy was talking about it like he'd just discovered fire. <laughs> he was like, hey, you know, the, you can use cordial. Here, here are three tips that Big Soda Stream don't want you to know about. <laughs> big soft drink will, uh, you know, come after you for this one weird trick. <laughs> well, oh, well I'm going to go get a soda stream then with fair. cordial. Yep. <laughs> it's, um, it's been an absolute delight having you on the show today, Chris. Is there any sort of final messages you'd like to leave with us? Uh, uh, not really, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, take it easy, you know. Be safe out there. It's a dangerous world. You too. You too. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. Ask yourself questions about whether you really want to start that Sparky apprenticeship in Thailand. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, because... yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, Chris. You're gonna say something. <laughs> No, it's all right. It's all right, guys. Thank you for having me. I've I've loved it. Um, a little piece of home to be part of it's been uh, it's been really nice. So thank you. Anytime. I uh, I appreciate you taking some time out of your very busy schedule. And um, the <laughs> I mean, like it sounds busy, but um, yeah, it's always cool to to catch up and. Uh, it's also cool to get you know someone else's feedback because often it's a bit of a an echo chamber for me and Davey. Um, Very much. But Dave's going to play us out. Um, so f- for another week, this has been uh, Static. <laughs> <laughs>